Happy first week of term, guys. This is when Ollie and I are recording and also releasing this episode. So yeah, happy first week. It's been a blast so far, and I can't wait for the rest of term. So to celebrate our first week of term, we have a really awesome interview for you guys. Nikki Bentley of Alphaba fame. And she's just fabulous. You're, you're going to love it. Uh, we could have spoken to her all day. Uh, basically, but we we restrained ourselves. And for Wemmick Loves, we asked you guys who you would want to be if you were miscast in a role, meaning a role that you would not normally ever be cast for, who would you want to be? So that's got some fun answers and we, and we discussed that. And uh, I have a mic drop moment at the end. <laughs> She does, and I get people's names wrong, and uh, a, I know a litany of disasters. So, frankly, listen to the end for the hilarity. I have that fun. You, yeah, and happy, <laughs> happy new term, everyone. I've spoken to a few yeah. of you in person at Oxford Circus, and uh, very excited about the upcoming episode. So, let's get chatting to Nikki. Hi, everybody. We are so excited today because we have a bona fide West End star with us, uh, Nikki Bentley. Hello. We are so happy. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So we've got some fun questions lined up for you. Um, Let's just dive straight in. Let's do it. So Okay, so the first one's a little bit of, of, of housekeeping, almost admin, but tell us about your career, um, how you got started, what your personal highlights are, what's coming up for you, anything you want to share with us. Amazing. It's always quite nice for me to answer this question because it's sometimes nice to kind of go back and remind yourself where you've come from. Um, and so I, like I just said, I, we were just talking before the call, We, um, I grew up on the Isle of Wight, the sunny Isle of Wight um, in the United Kingdom. And um, I started dancing just as, you know, pretty much a lot of children do at that age, sort of around the age of three or four. I then started a weekend stagecoach, um, I think from about the age of six. Um, and because we were living in quite a secluded um, place, we they did used to put on professional shows. I mean, they were very much, you know, amateur dramatics, but, you know, people did pay to come and see them. Um, and they were of a really, really amazing high standard. And, you know, some of the people that were used in those shows, you know, are now performing in the West End and and or have either been done that come back. And, you know, so it's not it was it was an incredible experience for, for me at such a young age to be involved with all these incredible people. Just a little fun fact for you. I <laughs> name drop. I uh, went to stagecoach with Laura Michelle Kelly, who is a huge oh, wow. big Broadway star, <laughs> as we Amazing. all know. Um, and she, you know, I did a couple of shows with her. The first show I ever did with her was um, we did a production of Annie. Um, and I played oh, wow. Molly and she played Pepper. And it's, you know, she's obviously somebody that I look up to massively, you know, with the career that she's had. And, you know, she's such an inspiration. And to think as well that she's, you know, come from such a small place where sometimes you, you know, you would think that, 
you might be limited with, you know, where you can go and what you can do. Because a lot of, you know, the opportunities are there, but you have to obviously, like we were just saying, you have to get on a ferry and go to the mainland to do these things rather than just, you know, down the road to your, to wherever, wherever the local auditions are. But, you know, so having people like that around me and showing me that it can happen if you really put your mind to it and you really work hard, it can happen. So that I always like to kind of just throw that in because it's, it's a funny little story because we all know her as this massive big Broadway star. And, and I was acting with her when I was a little dot and it's just like it's really crazy to me but anyway so I obviously started off dance school stagecoach as you do we then moved to uh, a place called Milson Keynes which is uh, just sort of north of London and I started back up with uh, my, di- my singing and my dancing and um, a stagecoach but it never really quite felt like it did back then so I did it because I know I was good at it and I loved it but I, it didn't feel the same. So the stagecoach only lasted, I think, about a term. It, it, you know, I think I was quite naive to, we had quite a family um, connection um, at the Shanklin stagecoach. Whereas over here, because, you know, I, I teach at stagecoaches now and it is, there's so many students from, you know, all around and it's, you, you don't, necessarily get that really close sort of knit family that that I was used to and so I didn't I didn't last there very long but um throughout school I was very sporty throughout school so I didn't actually do drama I did uh, PE um at GCSEs um and I was always uh, a really keen horse rider that was always sort of like the second part of my life it was horse riding and performing and when I was growing up it was like which way am I going to go and it wasn't until I got to about sort of 15, 16 that I went, okay, well, I'm no way near ready to go to like a proper college now, but I know that I want to do performing arts. So what can I do? So I was quite lucky. The school that um, I went to in Milton Keynes is a big, huge, like an American based campus type school. Um, And they had a big performing arts um, so they had a huge theatre, like it was, it was like a really sort of big program that they had. And so I thought, okay, well, what can I do? I'll do a BTEC in performing arts. Now, when I say this, there are many more amazing places you can go to that are more sort of performance based with BTECs. Now, mine you know, wasn't so much that we kind of, I laugh about it now and I sort of say, Oh, it was just kind of like a doss around for two years because I didn't really, I wasn't brave enough to go to college at 16, you know, but I've, I've met some lifelong, lifelong friends, um, you know, from, from that BTEC and, you know, it, it suited me for those two years that, you know, I wasn't ready to go and do it sort of professionally. Um, and it filled that gap. So I did that for the two years. And then at the end of the two years, I started auditioning for, um, performing arts colleges and me and my parents used to do this thing whenever we'd go watch um shows at either Milton Keynes Theatre or in in London we'd look through the programs to sort of see where everybody where the where people trained and what was the college that came up the most and and at the time um it was sort you know it was always you know Lane Theatre Arts, Arts Ed London, Bird College and I was like okay right these you know these are the places that I that are clearly producing all these incredible amazing actors 
And I found this college um, called Performers College, which I did actually know about before because my eldest brother, um, who also loves performing, he had gone and done a summer school when he was, I think, about 16, 17, I think. I might, might have got that wrong and absolutely loved it. And so it was a place that I was aware of, but it didn't, it wasn't seen in the programs as much. And so I was, you know, very naively like, oh no, but what if it's not a good college, da, 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 whatever. Anyway, fast forward to um, auditioning for these colleges, um, auditioned for Lane Theatre Arts. That was in my head, the place that I need, I wanted to go. That was it. That was the place. Um, didn't get in. <laughs> who's laughing now um <laughs> but um you know it was that's that's how it goes and I think sometimes that's actually quite a nice story to tell because you know people sometimes look at what you've done and go oh you've had an easy ride you know of course you've just had it all handed to you no I didn't even get into the college that I desperately desperately wanted to go to you know and luckily I had an audition for performers um and actually when I went into the building there was something that came over me and I just felt at home. And it's one thing that I say to my students now that I teach, I say, you may have in your mind this specific college that you go, that's the one, that's the one I need to go to. That's the one that produces all of the talent, all of this, but you may go there and not feel remotely, you know, comfortable or at ease, you know, and you've got to spend three years in, in this place, um, you know, doing the most intensive training of your life. And I had, I went through the audition day, had the most amazing, amazing time. And I just knew at the end of the day, I said to my mom, I said, that's the place for me. I pray that I get in. And I think a couple of weeks went by and I got the letter through and I was like, oh my God, what? Um, I didn't, I, I, I went on, my mum and dad funded me the whole way through. I didn't, I didn't get a scholarship. Um, again, I always kind of like to to say that not not to you know kind of like a woe is me but again to to sort of show that you you can be talented you can go on to play all of these incredible roles but you know at the beginning you know I still if I hadn't have had the help of my parents you know which will I I will forever be <laughs> grateful for you know I wouldn't be where I am today and so you know and I'm so grateful that I I went to performance because I had the most incredible three years of my life. It was super intense, super hard work, but it was, it was just, you will never get those years back. I always say to the, you know, students and, you know, I say, take every single bit of, you know, this experience, suck it dry because you are never going to get this ever again. This level of training, never again. And then so after I got to my third year and in your third year, you should, no matter where you're training, you, you'd you like to sort of be auditioning sort of around the December time through to the end of um, sort of June when you graduate, um, you know, to hopefully sort of bag a job before you graduate. And I was uh, really, really lucky enough to, um, uh, I got into Mamma Mia!, in London, uh, just before I finished. Um, so I left sort of like a month early, I think it was. So again, I was super, super lucky to, you know, experience that, like going, oh my God, I've trained for three years and oh my God, like it's happening. I've, I've got a West End job, like what the hell? But I came out of Mamma Mia, you know, again, with that very naive head going, oh, you know, I'll I'm just- sorted. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, that's fine. Um, of course I'm going to get another job if I've got a job out of college, you know, and I'm somebody that's never been, 
I've never been a hugely confident person with regards to the performing arts. Like when I was a kid, I was never like, oh my God, look at me, watch me. Like, oh my God. My mum and dad would literally have to like bribe me to like perform in front of people. Like if if we went on holiday and there was a karaoke competition, they'd be like, go on, we'll we'll buy you this if you do that. Go on, go on, go on do it, do it, do it. And it's like, we laugh about it now because I say it's like I'm traumatised now of karaoke. Like everywhere I go, I'm like, no. Not doing it. You basically have like a Pavlovian response to it, don't you? You sort of like see it, you kind of want an ice cream, something like that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, so I was never somebody that really put myself out there. The naivety wasn't coming from a, oh my God, I'm so amazing place. It was more just literally the lack of knowledge of knowing just because you've got one job doesn't then mean it's a, you know, a free hall pass to every single other audition um and I'm really glad now that I did actually experience that because when I finished Mamma Mia um I was auditioning for loads of things where I got during the rounds would would vary I'd get to the finals or I would go first round no thanks very much see you later and I was like what is happening like what am I doing something wrong you know and and but no I wasn't doing anything wrong it's just that is the business you know there wasn't something for me at that time or there were just millions of people that were better than me (laughs) you know and you just and they're the things that you have to you know understand and accept as a performer as you as you guys know that that's just how it works and I'm so glad that you know not at the time I wasn't glad but I am so glad now that I I went I experienced that and went through it because now I know that you know it is you can't take anything for granted you have to work at your craft all you are constantly constantly working and you know making sure that you are at the top of your game for that exact reason um and then you know I I think I think I want to say it was I nearly had probably about a year out of sort of performing um you know there were a few gigs here and there in between that but it was roughly about a year um, until I got my next solid job, which was working on a cruise ship um, on the Queen Mary 2. And then after that contract, I came back and then my sort of career has been very consistent, you know, with shows either in the West End or um, UK tours since then. But, you know, I'm so glad that I did have that chunk at the beginning where I've, I experienced, oh, no, 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 mm. it's not as easy as you think it is. Um, you know, the journey's not quite finished. Yeah, I think it's such a... It's such a volatile space um, because there's such demand. Yeah. um, And yet you may think that you're, you know, part of X number of people who are going for a role. But then the people behind the desk are looking for a very specific person or type, as it were, uh, for for a role. And then you come in and you know that you can do X, Y, and Z really well. But you're just at the sort of the whim of the the people behind the desk a little bit, especially, I guess, at a younger point of your career where, you know, your name isn't as well known or you haven't got the uh, sort of the creds to to back it up that you can do this. Um, So, yeah, I I know what you mean. It's that feeling of actually, no, it's good to know that it's not going to be completely smooth sailing. I I listened to a podcast, I think it was Sam, it was Sam Tutty, uh, who's obviously the Evan Hudson lead at the moment. And he sort of, he was being quite, um, he was very mature for what he was saying at at his age. Like, he can't believe that he's actually gone straight from 
um, you know, college to basically leading a West End yeah. show. And he's trying to temper his expectations of how long that will go on for and what yeah. will happen from there. So, yeah. you know, it's such a, it's a fickle beast um, yeah, for, for I always, everyone. I always really admire people that have been in that situation because it's, again, it's easy for people to go, oh, well, it's easy for them. You know, they've gone out of college, West End role, that's all they'll do now. Whereas actually, you know, as an actor, that's, that is a really tough job for him because he's probably thinking, you know, and going off of what you've just said, that he's probably thinking that, um, oh my God, I've got this reputation to upkeep now. And, you know, I've already played a lead role, but I'm still quite young. So there is some messed roles. it up as well. You know, Absolutely. he could have got the role and then it didn't cut. And then that's just a, yeah. a pretty indelible black mark for a while, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's, you know, he may, he may think to himself, you know, there are some shows that I would have loved to have been in the ensemble for. And, you know, whereas career wise, his agent and himself is probably going, that that's not really the natural growth now, but it, and I do, I find that that must be a really difficult place to be in, you know, because a lot of the shows that I've done, um, for, with ensemble, I'm, I'm so grateful that again, that I got to experience that, that different kind of, you know, cause it's one thing being a lead in a show and it's a completely different thing being an ensemble member because you get so much more of that camaraderie, um, with your cast members and, I'm so grateful that I kind of started at the bottom and, you know, worked my way up. And it's, I, I still, even now, there are shows where I'm like, oh, no, I'd be happy in the ensemble. Sure. I'd be, I'd be fine. Because, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's, yes, of course, we, uh, we there are certain roles that we'd love to play, but sometimes it's not necessarily about being the lead role in the musical it's just because we love that part you know Elphaba for me was always just because I loved the part of Elphaba you know I actually sort of say to people now you know if if Elphaba could come without all of the you know the facade that comes with it it would be the best role in the world you know take all the pressure away it's the best job ever you know whereas it's it's not because it's oh I want to be a lead in a West End show and, you know, but obviously that just comes with the territory. So I'm super grateful that I was able to sort of experience, you know, being a swing, then, you know, sort of being ensemble cover and, you know, and experiencing all those different things. Because as we all know, you know, every single part of, you know, every single person in that cast is just as important as, you know, the person that's, you know, top billing or whatever we wouldn't we wouldn't be there without the ensemble and the ensemble wouldn't be there without the swings and it's you know everybody in my opinion is just as important as as everybody else there is no one that is that is you know more superior shall we say the resilience that artists have to have just because well when I was in high school I um there was a, a, I can't, I can't remember who it was, but we had somebody come in and talk to us um, about a career in the arts because we had quite a few very talented people and they're in the arts now. Um, and yeah, it was like the guy almost wanted to like scare us out of it because he was, he was not sugarcoating it. He's like, you, you will hear no so many times this, I mean, to be able to make a living out of this, it's, you have to fight basically for it. Right. And that's exactly what you've been describing. So yeah, the resilience, it's just, it's huge. Like my one, 
one or two of my friends who are in the arts now. I mean, I have a friend who lives in New York and she's um, an actress and she does regional work because it's hard to get onto Broadway, surprise, because um, of unions and things. I I, I don't understand, yeah, but yeah. Have like a certain level of shows before you can get an inequity card. And I know it's a completely different, yeah. you know, yeah experience over there so. Mm, yeah so but she, I mean she's doing brilliantly like I'm so proud of her I mean she just did a production I can't I don't remember where but like a five-person production of The Hobbit so they were all playing multiple characters wow. and like yeah. just well, crazy I'd, I'd go and see that for the battle scenes alone exactly <laughs> and I mean and she would be amazing at those because she actually specialized in like uh, stage combat stuff and choreography for those things so must have been amazing. fighting herself at points at points I mean especially as Gollum right anyway yeah. <laughs> but yeah so I've just always like I knew that even though I love being in the arts it well my, my I don't have the aptitude for it but um I just knew it wasn't for me I was like no like it's not that I don't work hard at things I do but it's yeah. that I would not be able to not take it personally absolutely and, and you made yeah. such a great point there with saying it's not that I don't want it or care about it because or that I don't work hard because you can be the hardest work you can work your absolute socks off and you still won't get the role. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many lessons you take. You know, we've always sort of, you know, been programmed as human beings to, you know, the harder you work, the more successful you're going to be. Not but always. With theatre, <laughs> no, I've said... I've done jobs with people that, you know, they they t- they tell me about their audition experience. They're like, no, I didn't even, I couldn't even be bothered to learn my words for the audition. And I went in, I screwed it all up and the, they still got the job. And I'm like, and I'm the kind of person that would know it a week in advance. Like I, you know, would work so, so hard. And, and yes, granted, you know, you are only going to improve if, if you work at, uh, work at your craft, but it isn't, it isn't, like I said, it isn't just a, you know, a free hall pass straight into the business just because yeah. you've worked hard, you know, and some people are naturally super, super talented and don't have to work very hard. Other people, you know, have the talent, but they really have to, you know, work on it. So that's such a good point, you know, with, you know, it's not always about how hard you work. It's also about having that level of, you know, resilience to kind of go, because you will, you will always have a hundred no's to the 10 yeses. We always sort of make that joke of like, you know, people in the performing arts are psychopaths because why would we willingly <laughs> ourselves yeah. in this situation to be judged every single day? Why? Why would you do that? You know, but we do it because, you know, the the up side of the industry is... And that feeling of when you're on stage and when you do get that phone call to say, yes, you got the job, is worth all of those no's and then some. And that's, you know, and that's just part of it. And and I'm exactly the same. I just, I I hear some of my friends sometimes that, you know, I know are crazy, crazy talented, but just haven't got that lucky break yet. And, you know, I had a friend... Um, a few weeks ago she you know she's a professional she 
trained at the same college as me. Um, I work with her doing some some brunches, um, you know, on on a weekly basis. And she's an incredible, incredible performer, um, you know. But she's she's not quite had that break yet. And she went through uh, the open auditions for Mamma Mia, queued up from five five a.m. You know, and she got all the way to the finals. Didn't quite land the job, but again. That could literally be because she's five, you know, five inches too tall or whatever, you know. But I said, once you're sort of past the third round, you are more than more than capable of that job. It then just comes down to who do they prefer, who, you know, whatever. Um, All of the stuff that's completely out of your control. And, you know, people like that, I'm like, my God, I admire you so much because, I look back and I go, if that was me in your situation, could I still do it? Would or would I have given up? It's, you know, and I do, I do question that sometimes because to the naked eye, my career has been quite, you know, quite consistent and quite successful. So you kind of go, oh, have you really ever had to really, you know, go through it and not, you know, and yes, I have, but then I do also understand that there are, you know, I've never had to go through that. I've never had to been, you know, go to an open audition in my life. And, you know, so I can only admire, you know, and have so much respect for, you know, my fellow actors that have to have to do that. And it's just, yeah, it's, we are such strong people <laughs> to do what we really are. Yeah. I think that's the thing. One, one word that sits so cleanly with me with with performing arts is just resilience yeah um i think everyone who's in it at whatever level has to have a level of resilience that maybe doesn't happen in every field of work um you know every every field of work uh and other things like that will you'll have to have you know some good some bad times but you know you can go from the euphoria of finishing a show and then you're like ah right great back to normal life better do the laundry go and you know make sure i do the errands all the rest of it and also crap i've got to find a new job uh and i've got no leads and that's it and i've got to go through a whole and then you're going through a a period of deflation anyway yeah um and then you've got to pick yourself up and you know give it bright eyes and the smile when you're sort of like uh, in the audition room and uh, (laughs) that's just um you know that's really hard uh for, for whatever level you're at yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the best advice you've ever been given or what would you tell your younger self um, that you wish you'd known at the time, uh, maybe when you were in your teens or just starting out? The best advice I would give myself if I could go back would literally just be you're going to be it's going you're going to be okay with regards to the business. When I was growing up um, and even experienced it in college and also in professional life as well. And I think this might also have a uh, this might be a reason as to why I wasn't so willing to be like, oh, my God, look at me. I I can sing or whatever. Um, I was always kind of actually bullied for being talented because even down to uh, school when I would be picked for all of like the lead roles, um, you know, I would get a lot of, oh, well, you know, of course you were going to get picked and, uh, you know, you think you're amazing. And, you know, we all know that kids can be really nasty at times. Um, Yes. And yeah. And so what 
actually happened was is I actually sort of then went more into myself and I think that's why you know like I said my parents did have to bribe me if I you know if they wanted me to perform or you know whatever um and that that went on into college as well you know I was very lucky throughout college I did get picked for you know most of you know the external events that they did um I did play the lead parts in our college shows it's it felt like I was punished for it I it felt like I was being punished for just being talented um like I said I I experienced you know bits of that when I was actually in professional jobs as well and so it's always something that I look back and go I just wish I could could have said at that time even even at college level and just gone put your put your blinkers on and just go for it regardless of what other people are saying because there are some things i i feel especially in college that if i hadn't have had that feeling of you know oh i don't want to go you know maybe i should not audition for that <laughs> it sounds really awful when i say it out loud because it sounds like i'm being really arrogant but it's it's not it's just the truth of the matter was is that if i auditioned for something the likelihood was is that i was going to get it and i there were things that i didn't do um, and that I didn't go for, for that exact reason. And I just wish that I could kind of go back and kind of make younger Nikki a little bit more, uh, weirdly enough, a little bit more resilient at that time. And I, and I think especially nowadays as well, after doing shows like Wicked, people have given me, you know, the, the same advice and gone, you know, doesn't matter what other people think, you know, and it doesn't matter how many times we hear that. We all know as human beings, we can be told that a million times. It still doesn't kind of really go in. But that's, you know, and we're, we're talking people like Alice Fern here, Maz Murray, like all of these incredible people that I look up to, you know, that tell me these things. And, you know, I would say, yeah, I would say that's kind of what I would definitely say to myself and also what I try to remember now as Nikki now, these people that I look up to, they go through the same thing. They go, you know, they, they experience it as well. So that, yeah, that's, that would be my answer. Just actually, mm. yeah, just it, you're going to be okay. It's going to work out. Just don't be, don't apologize for your talent because you've worked hard for it. You have, and I have. So yeah exactly and i think it's funny you saying that because there's an element of uh sort of negative triggering for something that you're good at you know you Absolutely. were picked on for uh being talented or being yeah. able to perform and uh suddenly you have a, a negative experience where you think uh why, why am i actually do i want to do this and yeah, yeah just yeah. holding it together and i think it's just a it'll be a consistent answer when we speak to more people i think just it's, it's gonna be okay and you're gonna hear no and yeah. you, you will get through it and um yeah i think that's uh, definitely good advice yeah. to be giving can i it'd just be great go- to talk to yourself wouldn't it just go back and go oh my hey God. it's all 100%. good don't worry 100 <laughs> percent. so for our third question what is your musical theater dream role have you already done it? Because I mean, Elphaba, but if you haven't already done it or what is your next one? <laughs> so Elphaba was always, and when I say so much more than just, oh, I'd love to play that one day. Like when I say I'm that person that as soon as that musical came out, there was, there, it, it, it sounds so, you know, 
cliche, but it, she, I felt it as soon as the the minute I saw that show, I resonated with the character so much and just, and again, I think because of, you know, she's bullied for, you know, being green and also being, you know, talented and yeah. So there were levels of, and and I think, you know, I think we can all relate in that way because I think everyone's experienced some level of bullying in their life at some point. I just, I just resonated with, and I related to the character so much, which sounds ludicrous because they're living in a made up land. She's green, like, you know, but you take the character out of it and, you know, it's, I just, I felt, I felt it deep down and it, as wanky as it sounds, it's, it's the truth. And from then, like I said, it was nothing about it being, Oh, the lead role in one of the biggest West End musicals there is. It was just, there was something about Alphaba. It was, she is just the most magical role I, I had ever seen, ever heard of. That always was. And it was also something that I, never and and I mean this so genuinely from the bottom of my heart never ever in a million years ever thought it would be a possibility ever even though I knew I could sing it I knew you know I I could do it pretty much but you never as an actor you never ever ever think that that's going to be that's going to happen for you and I'm and I'm sure that there are other people you know West End leading ladies now that that would feel the same way. An example, when I was in Mamma Mia, there, we were doing a, a cover run rehearsal one day and we were just talking um, backstage and we were talking about, oh, what's everybody's dream roles? Um, and I was a little bit hesitant to say, again, because she is like the biggest role for a female out there. And um, and I sort of, you know, very hesitantly went, oh, I'd love to play, you know, <laughs> with the shoulders included. I was like, oh, I'd love to play Alphaba one day. And this girl went, oh, yeah, in your dreams. Nice. <laughs> and I will never, ever forget it, ever. Whether she meant it in a very vindictive way, whether she, it was kind of just like, a, oh, come on. Like, it, like, I know you're talented, but come on. You know, and I mean, <laughs> who's laughing now? Um, but, <laughs> but at there the it same is. time, I will never forget it. It cut me so deep down. Mm. And I, in that moment, have never felt, well, smaller, really. And I was actually then really hesitant from that day on to actually say, oh, my dream role was Alphaba. Um, anyone that's ever known me has always known that. You know, and obviously I have, I was stand, I played standby Alphaba on the UK tour and then took over the role in, in London um so yes I have kind of done my ultimate dream role not finished with it I'm not she's that it's not like I can't put it to bed yet like I'm so desperate to you know go back and do it again but there are so many other roles another absolute I think the other one that's like a real absolute dream role is Donna in Mamma Mia um I just Mm. think it's you know first of all it's just such an incredible show like it just makes you feel all the feels it's so great all of those who doesn't love abba if you don't you're listening to the wrong podcast like correct oh my god like super trooper is my ultimate favorite abba song i just it's just the best and also i think because donna as well 
it's a complete opposite to something like Alphabet because it's a very sort of, you know, pedestrian role. It's It could be anyone, any day of the week, you know. And we've all experienced, you know, those feelings of, you know, that breakup with somebody that, you know, that is your true, that true love. And it's so... I just feel like in myself there is so much that I could put into that role. And, you know, and then also just the fact that it's just super fun and amazing. I it's would... funny you bringing up Mamma Mia and Abba, um, the episode that's likely to be going out before your one. Um, one of our MDs, Ashley, literally came down from Sunderland the night before where he's been, um, was it? The second or third keys for Mamma Mia tour. I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And he is an absolute ABBA aficionado. Super so fan. hopefully yeah. I'll send you the link for when that episode comes out because I think you and he, you and he oh would have God. a lot to You guys um, would be besties. Agree. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I love it so much. I actually do as well. Um, uh, quite often at the moment, I do a Mamma Mia brunch in Birmingham. Um, and we literally just sing. It's at Tonight Josephine's, if anybody wants to go Tonight Josephine's in Birmingham. Excellent. Um, and <laughs> I just love it. You stick a jumpsuit on and you just sing, you know, ABBA, you know, to drunk people. It's great. What, <laughs> what, what more could you want? Not um, much more. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so brilliant. Sequins and, on the jumpsuit, clearly. Oh, no, like when I tell you, like <laughs> it's gold sequin, like let full length. Oh yeah, amazing. It's, it's the real deal. Um, <laughs> the one thing I have always wanted and admired is um, the Shirovsky crystal microphones that they have. The Dynamo. Oh yeah, finale. Yeah. Um, in the in the show, they are actually real Shirovsky crystal. Um, uh diamantes and it's really funny whenever they get them out they live in like their their like perfectly cushioned boxes permanently and it's literally like they're in there they get handed to you no straight back in you're not allowed to like play with them it's so funny and i remember holding one for the first time i was like literally was like please i will literally i promise i'll sit down on the floor so i don't drop it or whatever um i just want to hold it in my hands um they are spectacular and it's, it's, they're, it's brilliant. Um, but there are other roles that, you know, um, I would absolutely love, um, to play Fiona, Princess Fiona in Shrek. I did Shrek oh. the first UK tour and I was first cover and oh my God. Again, that's just a whole nother side to my personality. Again, it's me all over. It's just like, you know, the again the best role so much fun just so brilliant and it's going on tour again next year and i was like please i need to be princess fiona oh my god you know so there's there's so many roles that um i would love to play but if i had to answer it with you know my ultimate it would it would and always will be alphabet and like i said i'm not it's not something i feel i've done now i still very much feel like it's something i i want to do again and but yeah there's there's so many we'd we'd probably be here forever if i listed off all of them <laughs> you um you said that you saw uh wicked uh and for the first time and obviously you were drawn to alphabet who was your uh alphabet do you remember who it was Idina Menzel. Oh wow, not messing I, around. Yeah, I, <laughs> oh my god, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I was there for the original cast oh. the December that they uh that they opened and I was at college at the time and um because I didn't actually know about it. I remember the day 
that I was at college and I heard this soundtrack booming and it was Defying Gravity booming from one of the studios. And I walked into the studio and all of the third years at the time, I was in first year, were all um, singing along to this song. And I was like, oh my God, what is this song and what is it from? Um, And obviously then from that day on, the soundtrack was just on repeat every single day. Um, Begged my mum and dad for tickets and my my birthday's Christmas Eve. So, you know, we all know that Christmas time, you know, going to see shows is one of the best times. Um, And so they bought me tickets for my birthday um, and I went with a friend um, and my mum and dad um, in December and um yeah and got to see um you know adam garcia adina menzel and all of the original cast and it just you know and <laughs> people are, you know again people have like a love hate with different actors you know i know adina menzel is one of them i have always been one of her biggest fans you know i went to see her in her solo concert at the royal abbot hall and there's something about listening to Adina sing that soundtrack, you know, back in her heyday. Again, it it does things to me. It just, you know, hearing that real nice twangy voice, you know, and I always kind of, my voice is very similar to hers in the sense of, you know, it's that very sort of contemporary musical theatre sound. Um, and just, yeah, so I was so grateful that I got to, got to see um, Adina, um, and I thought I couldn't even tell you how many times I've seen it since. Yeah. <laughs> it would probably be embarrassing if I did. <laughs> if you could tra- time travel to see an opening uh, opening night cast of a particular show, which one would it be? But you've seen Adina Menzel. Um, yeah, you, you win. So you basically asked <laughs> it already. But there might be another one in in the tank. I would have loved to have seen any show on their first opening after the pandemic. Oh, wow, yeah. Because all of the videos that I saw, Phantom, the, you know, I think it was a video of Phantom on Broadway, and it was the moment when um, the chandelier lifts. So they've just done the, you know, the the prologue and um, the opening at the auction, and it's that moment where the chandelier or everything comes off the chandelier and the chandelier is raised to the top of the auditorium. And the audience just... It is like a five minute just round of applause and it's magical. And, you know, you listen to all these, you know, recordings of of Wicked when, you know, Glinda comes down in in the bubble and, you know, her first line is, it's good to see me, isn't it? And (laughs) I just think actually that that would have that. I can only imagine on every single musical. It's like Mary Poppins. The first time Mary comes flying in or any of these shows, the moment that overture starts and just everybody, one thinking is theatre actually ever going to come back and for it, you know, effectively being away for like a year and a half. And so that I would have absolutely have loved to experience that firsthand. That would have, I bet that was just such an incredible feeling. If you were going to be miscast in a show, which role would you want to be given? Do you know what? Frankie Valli, definitely. Mm. And Jean Valjean. It's got it's gotta be. It's gotta yeah. be. Jersey Boys is I absolutely love Jersey Boys. Again, I've seen it so many times. And I just think that role and those songs that you get to sing, like, oh my God. When they do the big three, like that section, I'm always just like, oh my God, that must just be 
the best feeling and you must just literally feel like a pop star in that moment and yeah and Jean Valjean I mean uh, the, is there any other answer to that question <laughs> and I think, actually, I think no, it's consistent I lie. yeah and more sort of more contemporary musical theatre, Evan in Dear Evan Hansen, mm. I would, I can really, what a nice, like, gritty, you know, deep part that you can get your teeth sunk into, you know, stuck into. And they're probably my top three. If you were to collaborate with West End Musical Choir, uh, what would you most want to do with us? So first of all, this needs to happen, by the way. We need to make this happen because I would literally die. We so, do have Super Trooper in the in the back catalogue. No, stop it. I'll, we, we, um, I'll send you the link to I'm us there. at New Year's Eve. Um, we did an ABBA medley. Um, you may have seen it on the BBC. I'm just going to yeah. I'm going to blow our yeah. trumpet for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'll send you the link because uh, the yeah. way that they made Super Trooper work for an SATV chorus was enormous fun. Mm-hmm. I just any I mean an ABBA medley I'm sold like I would <laughs> I would die or some kind of Disney medley because I am like you are in luck <laughs> oh stop it I am like the biggest Disney fan that would be you know that's very much you know I start like I mean as probably sort of my generation you know people did but I and I do and I think my voice is very sort of suited to you know Disney as well just because of like the tonal quality and and all of that but oh my god some kind of like Disney medley or like I mean the Abbott you've sold me on the Abbott you've sold me on that and we Queen I absolutely love Queen I mean so do I question that I would literally just be like here's like all of my I luckily went to see Queen with Adam Lambert the oh other God, month for the O2. Yeah, it was same. epic. I've literally never seen Adam Lambert properly. I've known of him for a long time. And then they just came on. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is um, – it's sort of heretical to say this, but I think he's the perfect replacement for, for Freddie Mercury for that group. Because he's not just trying to be a cover of Freddie Mercury. He's yeah. doing his own thing and his voice is just blowingly good. Yeah. Um, it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. And Brian May, yeah. uh, you know, the age he is, and he's been quite unwell you yeah. know, for the last year or so. He was on stage for like two hours, 20 of the two hours, 30 that they were on stage. It was incredible um, resilience yeah. again. Um, mm-hmm. But he, um, yeah, so Queen... Mamma Mia, uh, so ABBA and Disney. I think, yeah, we, we need to get Charlie to sort you out and invite oh for a workshop. God. I am there, guys. Like, you name the date, I'm there. Honestly, Luckily, amazing. Katie and I are both going to Disneyland Paris in September mm-hmm. to work with the Disney Performing Arts team there. Uh, and we have a couple of medleys so we'll have i'll send you more material oh my god <laughs> i am there and just like it's i would yeah this I would is clearly like, meant to be right now yes it's like, literally this is yeah <laughs> magic is happening we're gonna sort it oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent I will go ahead and bring us down to earth vaguely. Um, we've asked some of the aspirational stuff and all that kind of thing. But one thing that, you know, our members enjoy when we have some of our guests who are MDs or performers is just sort of little tips for how to be performance ready, any sort of tips for looking after your voice. Because um, the great thing about Western Musical Choir is that you've got such a 
breadth of ages and backgrounds and ability in terms of, you know, this is like a secondary thing that people do away from the career, or if they do a bit of performing or amateur dramatics, then this is a, a nice additional thing to do. So sometimes performing is a little bit daunting, even in a choral setting. So what would be some of your tips for getting performance ready, as it were? So it's one of those things that I started off being super, super like anal about what I did. You know, I would always be like, oh my God, I need an early, I need to go to bed by nine o'clock or I need to do this and I need to do this. And sometimes you can actually go the opposite end of the spectrum and be overly, you know, cautious of what you're doing. But, Mm. you know, with your voice, it's very much, you know, you always need to keep hydrated water water is the key is you know the key of life um you know with regards to singing and yes rest is always right up there you know as long as you're hydrated and you've had your rest your voice will work as it needs to work I love that you know when you're talking about you know singing with it not necessarily being your profession but it's something it's it's a hobby and it's something that you you know you deeply love you want to make sure that you're taking all of the stress away because that completely defeats the object of why you're there in the first place you know and I that's why I'm just so grateful that you know organizations such as yourselves exist because it gives people that opportunity to do what they love but not in necessarily what they would find a really stressful situation and so first of all you need to take the pressure off of yourself and remember we're not doing heart surgery guys we are singing because we love it um you know one of the things i always say to my students is you know i can throw all of this technique at you and you know but ultimately that is pointless until you are just comfortable in just singing because you're not going to be able to think about anything technical when you're just going, Oh my God, Oh my God, I'm singing on my own. Oh my God, you know, rabbit in headlights. So health wise, yep. You want to make sure that you're always hydrated. You're always getting enough rest. You know, you are looking after your voice, but, and that's pretty self-explanatory. It's common sense. You know, if you're screaming and shouting, of course your voice is going to be tired the next day. So maybe if you've got a concert coming up, don't do that the day before. You know, you, you don't want to get too, too caught up in it because you have to trust in the talent that you have and take the pressure off of yourself. And remember, you can't, it's there. It's always going to be there just as long as you look after it, just like any other muscle in your body. Um, and, you know, one thing I always like to say, which isn't necessarily how to how to look after your voice, but it's just never, ever, ever let anybody tell you that you can't do something. And again, it sounds so cliche, but I am a perfect example of that. If, if, if I'd have listened to all of these people and that said, oh, don't be silly. You're never going to, you know, you're never going to play alpha, but you're never going to do the, you know, these roles that you aspire to do. I would have given up, you know, and I'm so glad that that I didn't. And, you know, who is anybody to tell you that you can't do something? And especially for the people that aren't looking to do it as a full-time career, but are wanting to join, you know, that drama club or that singing choir or anything with regards to the performing arts, you know, who the hell is who is anyone to tell you that you can't do that you follow your dreams you do what makes you happy especially in this day and age with what's going on in the world and oh my god it's it's the escapism as well that you know you get to go and just 
get yourself out of, you know, everyday life for, for an hour or two hours and you get to be whoever you want to be. And that's the beauty of the performing arts industry is that you do get to be whoever you want to be. And, you know, it's so don't ever let anybody stop you from doing, you know, what you, what it is you want to do and just be brave. Take that little step, because I promise you, if you do, the rewards will be will be great. It 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 will. And it's just you know, that's the one thing I would sort of say, like I said, you can look up on the internet how to look after your voice, but you won't have somebody going, you know, please just be brave. And, you know, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something because, you know, it's please be brave and please do it because you'll, you'll never regret it. You won't ever. I think it's interesting when you say that people can overthink it definitely because Katie and I are both part of the sort of the choir management team but yeah. as it as charlie is the the founder of the choir we are known as angels so we are charlie's angels and occasionally it's newer members or even some who have been away for a bit especially with the pandemic who for some performances they've come up to me and sort of been really kind of nervous about not knowing their their words or not feeling comfortable and it's just talk, talking them down as it were and just reassure, reassuring them that you're in a group of people you're not doing heart surgery, as you say. And then people are going to be there enjoying the songs that you do and they know that we're a choir and, and that sort of thing. So I think overthinking stuff can be one of the most mm-hmm. um, problematic when you're, it just clouds your ability to function properly um, and connect it's with the song. So, yeah. Yeah, and I always tell everybody that, um, like, oh, I don't have it 100% memorized. I was like, I never do because I'm in a choir and yeah, everybody else <laughs> helps me. And the MD is mouthing the words or acting the stuff out for you. And yeah. you know more than you think you do. Yeah. And that's it. And it's, and it's remembering Teamwork. that, you know, you are, we know that as, you know, musical theatre people, it's like during the pandemic, you know, I, I was working at a pub and, um, you know, sometimes trying to explain to people like what you do for a living Mm. kind of go so you're just part of like an amdram company or something or what you know they don't really get it you know and it's it's really difficult and sometimes people actually you know look at you like (laughs) sure well that's not Mm. really a, a, a real career is it you know and so another thing is that you get to for that session that week or that time in you know during that week you get to go and again be with like-minded people that share the same passions as you you have conversations that you normally maybe wouldn't be able to have because either they're not interested or they don't really get it you know and so it's just i a choir is one thing that i was always part of like school choirs but again they're not remotely the same thing but a choir is always something that I, um, when I watch them, uh, you know, like the things like the military wives and people like that, you know, my, my dad used to be a Royal Marine. He used to be in the Royal Marines band. And so we are a big military family and I watch these events and, you know, it's not just that they're singing together and experiencing all of these things that, you know, that we're saying that they clearly love singing. They are also all connecting because of the trauma that they have been through and experienced and the loss and, you know, and music is bringing them together. That sounds so, you know, bleh, but it's so true. And <laughs> it I is so true. Yeah. And I love that. You probably have people, you know, part, you know, some of your members that 
you know, have gone through so many different traumas in their lives. And this is, you know, and, and the West End Choir is is their escape and their, and it, and it provides so much more than just, oh, I like singing and it's a nice place that I can sing with other people. It creates that safe space for them and it creates that escape. And that is why, you know, organisations such as yourselves are so vital and so important. And, you know, to anybody listening, that's why I actively encourage you to always, always support, you know, the West End Musical Choir and other other you know, organizations that are similar for that exact reason, you know, they are therapy in themselves. And mm. that is something that we can never lose. We we just can't. And so, you know, to people listening that are thinking about, you know, I love singing, but I don't think I'm good enough or who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you can hold a tune. It doesn't matter. Doesn't yep. matter. They just maybe they just won't give you the solo lines. But if you <laughs> go and speak to like-minded people and share the same passions, and you have that time to, you know, feed that part of you that doesn't necessarily get fed in other parts of your life, do it. Please be brave. Please sign up. And for everyone else, please always support anything that you can because we can't lose organizations like you know western musical choir because they are so important to our you know society and to the performing arts world so sorry that was just a bit of a plug there but it is no, that's amazing when I talk about it we'll, you do you just we'll, you know, we'll take an impassioned plug definitely no, no, no. <laughs> yeah when you when you talk about it in that way you you remember and you just go no do you know what this it's so much more than just yeah oh, we like to get together and perform every now and again. It's so much more than that. So much more Completely. than that. Yeah. I've been in choir since I was 10 years old and everybody is like, oh, Katie, sing for us. I'm like, no, I'm in a choir for a reason. Um, <laughs> but so again, don't hesitate, guys. Don't don't be shy if you're listening and you want to try it out, but you're scared that you can't sing. You can. We all have music in us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's funny, Nikki, the, the way you were talking about that is so in sync with um, the conversation we've recently had with with other members of the team where mm-hmm. it's genuinely uh, been brought into very sharp focus during the pandemic of how important choir is to people in yeah. their lives Absolutely. and also fostered and nurtured friendships um, that otherwise wouldn't have happened because there is that collective um passion for it and interest but i think we kept going through the pandemic with virtual rehearsals and virtual performances on our youtube channel and uh, instagram and tiktok and so on and yeah it, it genuinely kept most of us sane i think and you know able to carry on with very uncertain times and then talking about that return um in the you know broadway in the west end with phantom yeah. and and that sort of euphoria as it were when when we were able to get out of doing oh. virtual all the time yeah. as the only option and have some people come back in person it was just people were just deliriously happy when you sort of met them and obviously socially distanced still but it was yeah. um very very moving and, and hearing your voices all together again like what mm. is like it's like when you, you know, you open a musical for the first time and you do, you know, what we call a sits probe and you, it's the first time you all sing together, you know, with the band and the orchestra. Mm. And it's just, I can imagine it's just, it was magical, just, you know, all singing together again and hearing your blend and just, yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah. It, um, 
remind, well, it's, we did a thing for mental health awareness week where we had people writing on paper and at rehearsals of, um, you know, their memories of choir and like their friendships and things, what choir has given to them. And I'm vaguely embarrassed, but basically I had said, you know, those who sing together are never truly alone. So that got put on the, as like the slogan of the banner, but it's, that's how I feel true it's so true and it's so but that statement is so powerful and that's again that is why guys you need to support all of these organizations (laughs) there we go there's the rallying call Amazing. Um, (laughs) I think you did a masterful job of answering the second question about how how to look after your voice Mm -hmm. and I think just not going to concerts the night before is is a very good one occasionally that has been missed by certain certain members from what I remember and maybe myself once Um, (laughs) but um it's uh it's definitely it's definitely a case that um you've 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 covered that going back to sort of the west end quickly or broadway or wherever you may have seen this what's the best performance you've ever seen on stage i suppose is it like an individual is it a company is that an entire production what what or what, what makes it special is, yeah now there is a question one of the best performances that just comes straight to mind is um so i did shrek with um an amazing friend of mine an amazing actor uh, dean chisnell who um is currently playing jean valjean on the uk tour of lamez and i went to see him when he opened in um in town and again i knew that you know it was like his jean valjean was like my alphabet that was his ultimate mm-hmm. you know there's nothing it's like it's like that thing you go I can die happy now that I've played that role he going to see him play that role was not only you know of course it was sensational he sounded sensational it was acted sensationally it was the thing that made it special is because you you could see his heart and soul as soon every time he walked onto that stage because of how much it meant to him that is the difference. You can always tell the difference when you're watching a show between somebody that is, you know, acting, you know, in inverted commas, compared to somebody that is really feeling it. It's one thing having the passion and that love, but then you, again, you layer like the talent on top of that and you've just got this absolutely just mind-blowing performance that you just you can't even fathom um and so that's something and again as well because he you know he's a dear friend of mine that was something that I will never forget seeing my uh you know a really treasured friend of mine live his dream was something I'll never forget and on top of that he was sensate like but again, born to play that role, born to play that role. And yeah, it's something I will, I will never, never forget. Another one, which is on the complete other end of the spectrum. Another dear friend who, again, I did Shrek with, um, Jenny O'Leary, who is currently playing Killer Queen, um, in We Will Rock You. Again, another dream role for her. I watched it and yes, with that show, we all know it's not got the the strongest of storylines. It's not massively in depth, but you can still come away from that going, I was blown away by your performance and, you know, her vocals and mm. you can see it. You can see that person on stage living their dream. And like, what is more magical than that? Like, it's just, 
you know, so I, I always find that stuff like that really sticks with me. How can it not? Mm. Um, I have just thought of another one just before I wrap that question up. I went to see Lucy Jones as Jenna in Waitress and that. Oh, wow. That is something that I will never forget. Because I missed her and I'm I, devastated. I, I saw, saw Sarah Bareilles. Oh, I need to see that too. <laughs> that story with that show. It's just, I love it so much. And I think, and her, and I've always been like one of Lucy's biggest fans. Like her voice is just like something you've never heard before. <laughs> and, you know, she just, she was just in, like incredible, like impeccable. It was the, her storytelling. Every, it was a masterclass. It was absolutely magical, you know, yeah. so yeah. incredible. And we all know that, you know, that, that story is, so relatable because it is it's a very you know normal everyday story that could happen to anyone um and so yeah Yeah. they're my three i can never actually just give you one answer can i that's fine no no one ever can (laughs) including the people who ask the questions i was very lucky to see lucy jones uh i had a gap between my uh last job and the one I'm, I'm in now for about three weeks about a month ago and uh went on a wednesday matinee someone sorted me out tickets and i was basically fourth row and uh she just came on and it goes back to what we were talking about before where the company were incredible the whole there's a few uh covers on uh most of the main cast were there and they were phenomenal but you could just feel when she suddenly runs on stage and that very first bit, you could just hear the entire audience sort of take a little breath in or yeah. lean forward in their chair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like this tiny sort of like sound amplified by 2000 people. Yeah. Um, and she was, yeah, phenomenal. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I, oh, it's like so high on my to-do list. Um, for when I'm back in London is to go see Lucy but also if she ever plays Jenna again I'm traveling for that like I don't care where in the world she's doing it because yeah uh, I was very sad that I lost that opportunity because 2020 Mm. yeah it's not to be missed she is spectacular I saw her in Rent and I was just oh good lord I didn't realize I forgot she did that I haven't Mm. haven't heard it so yeah I can imagine it'll be pretty good um Vaguely your penultimate question. It's um if you could sing with any other West End or Broadway star, past or present, uh, who would it be? I mean, Lucy Jones, we can probably throw her into the mix, but who would you who would you pick potentially? And you remember you can go you can go for one, two, three, who knows? I mean it's it's yeah, it's not gonna be one. It's not no. gonna be one. <laughs> So yeah, Luce, Luce is definitely 100%. I've even, I think it wasn't even that long ago that I said, um, we need to sing together, please. If I was to sing with Adina, that would, that would, that would for me be like a full circle moment. I thought she might feature. Yeah, it would. Like it really would. Which song would you want to sing with her? For good. (laughs) Either something like for good or some kind of weird, crazy version of like Define Gravity made for two mm. people. Rent would be, you know, Take, take Me or Leave Me would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to start a crowdfunding thing for this time. Oh I, I need to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I would die. I would die. Um, another person, and I've actually just recently been to see her at Cadogan Hall, uh, is Jessica Vosk. I am. Oh, yes. I saw some of the record. 
someone sneakily recorded some of that. I'm yeah. glad that they did, but naughty, naughty at the same time. Uh, yeah. But yeah, my I God. Love her relationships <laughs> with bootlegs. Yeah. Yeah. She, again, just absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. I'm trying to think of somebody overseas, like Broadway. Um, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> just oh, because of the Jean Valjean of it all. <laughs> of, like, of course, of course. Um, I've got an entirely manageable man crush on both Aaron Tavay and um, Jonathan Groff at the moment when he did his little shop of horrors. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'd be totally fine if they wanted to. Neil Patrick Harris, Darren Chris, just, I mean, the list is so long. Yeah. Actually, Katie, we should scrap this question. It's impossible, especially if we open up (laughs) the entirety of the past as well. I know, because Gene Kelly, obviously. And and I have to say, this has always been my biggest dream with going, coming back to West End actors. Oliver Tomset. Yeah, I saw him I, in Anne Juliet the other month. He was I, rather fun. <laughs> I would, I would die. I would die. <laughs> simple, you know, answer to that. I would. There's again, there's no other voice like it, and I would, I would give my life to sing. You know, sing a duet with him. I would like it would be. Oh yeah, the best thing ever. The best thing ever. Yeah. Like if we if we get him on the podcast at some point, we'll drop that. Oh we'll drop God. that note, don't worry. But Nicky <laughs> Bentley is your biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for your last question, yeah. um, please open up your iTunes slash Spotify slash whatever platform you use. And what was the last thing you listened to? Oh my God, I can tell you without even um, going onto it. It was Donna Lewis, I Love You Always Forever. I love that song. I love you always forever. Oh God, amazing. To anyone that doesn't know it. I am like the biggest. um, It was from my, what I, you know, create as my chilled playlist because I am like the biggest like 80s, 90s fan ever. I love listening to music that kind of takes me back to like, happy times Mm. and i will always remember so this playlist is full of like bloody you know could you share that it sounds like something i could definitely listen to like (laughs) cheer up sleepy jean happy together bit of enya in there like i'm not even joking i'm like going all in with these you know and donna lewis i love you always forever is just one of my favorite songs that and savage garden affirmation oh yes oh savage garden oh my goodness i'm one of their biggest fans so Mm -hmm. i yeah so i love that i knew that straight away i was like i know exactly (laughs) just listening to it question abba disney queen 80s 90s i mean frankly you should just be in the choir come join us i'm coming (laughs) i'm there I'm there. Oh. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, I also saw on Instagram that you are doing like one-on-one teaching and stuff, right? I do. Yes. Yes. So if anybody in the choir wants to sign up, how would they do that? Oh my God. So there is, um, so I do one-to-one teaching over Zoom, just as good as in person. So please don't ever, sometimes people get shied away with, you know, it being over Zoom. Um, sometimes it's actually less scary for people because they get, mm. to, you know, I'm not actually there. 
but I'm I'm a very friendly person. I'm sure people can, can kind of gather that from listening to me on this. <laughs> <laughs> I never shut up. Um, and so, yeah, so there is a link either on my Twitter bio and also my Instagram. Um, there is a booking link and you can book directly. You can book either an hour session or a half hour session. If you have any questions about anything, if you email, it is NikkiBentleyCoaching at gmail.com. Um, and yeah. It's, I would love to have you. So please, you know, drop me an email anytime, any messages and yeah, come along. It's super fun. <laughs> Amazing. Fantastic. Nikki, thank you so much. This has been bloody no. brilliant. It's so oh, lovely to have met you and thank you for taking the time. No, not at all. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's been, you know absolutely amazing and like i said it, it would be honestly a dream come true to come and you know collab with you guys it would be amazing so yeah thank you for having yeah. me and like i said everybody please 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 keep supporting all of your you know either your very very local choir groups um you know and also your big sort of national groups as well because they are they are so vital to you know you know society so yeah but no i've had the best time so thank you so much this is you know not the last time and hopefully the first time of many love it we would love that amazing yeah thank you so much guys well i personally had a wonderful time listening to nikki there she was on tremendous form i think we could have gone on for for even longer but um yeah wonderful insights and just such a joy to talk with completely completely made my like life basically the the energy the generosity her sense of humor it's just yeah fabulous thank you so much nikki (laughs) yeah and uh yeah absolutely fantastic and hopefully we will have further chances to catch up with her um down the line Mm -hmm. either rock ballads or disney um so i'll have to see abba (laughs) yeah all manner of things so yeah this is a collab they're waiting to happen (laughs) yeah we'll uh, we'll push it forwards um but yeah i think uh we we spoke to nikki a few weeks ago probably even a little bit longer than that because we've had Mm -hmm. so much content coming out but we thought that the women loves to start this new term and sort of touch on what nikki was talking about we thought it'd be great to ask you about which role you would like to be featured in miscast and now miscast is something that some people know fairly well and uh for others it may seem a little bit um they're not sure what it is but ultimately it is a feature and correct me if i'm wrong here katie um Mm -hmm. that's been sort of like doing the rounds on youtube i can't remember what channel it's from originally but mcc theater that's the one theater the american way (laughs) fantastic i won't ask any more abbreviations from you um but yeah it's basically if there's like a a role that you're never going to get cast for um which one would you like to do so sometimes that's to do with gender sometimes it's to do with age or that kind of thing so for me uh to kick us off i i uh, would personally like to be eponine in les mis for starters and then katie what about yourself just so oh. just so that people out there have an idea of what's going mm-hmm. on my list is so long but i will say christian from moulin rouge a fine choice and you will have Thank seen you. that on our on our follow-up uh, post on <laughs> at Wemek Talks so if you're not following yes. us on there yet you uh, do you so do that please now. 
There we go. And if you're new to choir, which is possible right now with the new term and lots of new tasters, uh, you can follow welcome. us. At, yes, welcome. Uh, you can follow us at Wemmick Talks on Instagram and Twitter. So, yeah, there we go. We've got our um, our starters for 10. Katie, you've got a few of our members' answers already. So let's, I let's discuss. I do indeed. Okay, so... We have one person here who has said all of the male Hamilton characters. I agree. Uh, Dr. Pometer from Waitress, Ogie from Waitress, and all of the Mormons. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great answer. Um, Ogie like is mashup, hilarious. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Ogie is just such a fun character. Like, I think that's the character in Waitress I've seen with the, the most different actors um, because it's mm. just, yeah. So funny. Um, but I haven't seen Book of Mormon, but I assume. Well, I'm, no, I'm sorry, Ali. It's oh fine. my God. No, guys, Katie, it's Ollie's fine. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's fine because before we started recording, I professed to still having not seen Waitress. Um, Which and, I nearly yeah. fell off the bed, guys. I'm, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you know Katie, <laughs> she quite enjoys that show. And I'd say to a, a, to a similar or greater degree that I love Book of Mormon. So yes. I think we've balanced each other out perfectly there. We have, yes. And I would also be any of the Mormons. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any of the Hamilton characters, male characters, I mean, how would you choose? I just... I, I don't know. Impossible. I, just depends on what kind of uh, voice modulation you have on the day or yeah. the speed that you it's can true, say things. Because I'm not going to be miscast necessarily as uh, Thomas Jefferson or... Um, Marquis de Lafayette, but I'm not sure I can quite go at David Diggs's uh, speed. We have tried no. overtures, but it's not quite worked. Um, yeah. yeah, I pick Lafayette actually because he and Hamilton have the best line. Um, immigrants who get the job done. So yes, and Van so and back in <laughs> after minutes of applause. Um, so that's a really lovely, strong start. Uh, mm-hmm. I would also probably be. I would. I want to be Peggy. Skylar. Interesting. Why? Because limited amount of stuff to do. You know, I Angelica <laughs> and uh Liza, they've quite a lot to do. But with Peggy, I can just get in there, time the line, and just sort of like waltz off. It's gonna be great. Um now Fair. we spoke about waitress and we spoke about uh Miss Cast, and ultimately I think it came from someone, it might have been yourself, sharing um, I think it was probably me. Jeremy Jordan yes. uh, singing She Used to Be Mine from Waitress. Uh-huh. And we'll probably share this on Twitter. Um, if you've not seen it, you should watch it. It's a um, sure. remarkable performance. Um, so, yeah, it, it sort of set the ball rolling. And we've had some excellent answers. And I think that's a strong selection so far. But we decided we would ask the rest of the Angels team Mm. And they've given us a nice split of different options. I mean, we've obviously um, had some some fairly standard ones here, but Amy Kimberlin, in, I would say, classic form, um, <laughs> said that she would like to be rusty in Starlight Express. And I just wasn't ready for that because um, I love that show uh, and I wasn't expecting Amy to love it. So rusty from Starlight Express is a great choice. Have you seen it? No, sorry. Oh, dear Lord, we're going to have to do better than this. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I wasn't in the UK at the time. I'm sorry. 
it's fine yeah. rusty is great if you've not seen Starlight express it's a bit mad but it's uh, it's it's great fun so and ultimately amy just wants to be a train which is good which is her. awesome yeah definitely um lynn has brilliantly brought up judas from jesus christ superstar mm-hmm. uh, and frankly i would pay good money to watch lynn perform that role that would be quite something that would be great yeah yeah it would be marvelous but yeah i i'd love to do judas um but i think speaking as a redheaded man i think tim minchin has nailed that down already so i can't really go in and try and steal the crown from him (laughs) (laughs) i mean there are other reasons but you know let's just go with that that one Mm. have you got any others over there amy i do so um did you just call me amy I was reading her name on the on, on on the list. I'm really sorry. I mean, I'm sorry, Amy. I'm sorry, Katie. I'm I sorry, love everyone. Amy, yeah. and hopefully, Amy loves me. And I think I'll forgive you because you're not feeling well. But Thank you. Dude. There's a song in there somewhere, but yeah, somewhere. I am. Um, so, Katie, <laughs> over to you. Uh, so, Aaron from Manchester. Hello, Aaron. Has said Veronica and Heather's. Oh yes, good choice. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Heather's the musical, but I've seen the movie and fabulous. So yeah, I, I need to see Heather's very good. Veronica, uh, wears blue, doesn't she? I think so. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to stick to my guns here and do it. it. Tell us if we're wrong guys. (laughs) I know that Aaron has, uh, just dyed their hair ready for Disney a nice purple and blue. So I think that might even work, you know, talking about costume department. Point. so mm-hmm. well done good forward planning there yeah um who else have we got um i have a, a certain uh maxine don't know who she is um, maxine maxine, love you, maxine. I, I think she uh, was on interpol's list for kidnapping people to edinburgh from what i remember anyway yes. go on yeah uh monsieur i'm going to destroy this name uh thenardier thenardier thank you <laughs> from les mis yeah yes yeah that's no, a good choice um, definitely i i i was I, French, yeah man. i could i could definitely watch i could definitely watch um maxine's tenardier yes yeah <laughs> maybe i could be madame tenardier mm. oh that would be so yeah. much fun there we go <laughs> <laughs> uh talking about uh duets we never thought we'd ever see um now you had trouble with tenardier i always get his name slightly mixed up or i can't mm. quite say it and you roll your eyes and chastise me but aaron tovey i mean that's i don't know how to say the dude's name uh and i adore him so that's oh you just give me you just give me crap okay great you don't even know (laughs) okay so aaron tovey please email me if i'm wrong uh and gavin creel singing take me or leave me from rent is another video that has been shared with us and it's quite special i'd say it is so, so special. Uh, I love it. It's one of my favorite Miss Gasp ones. It's just so much fun. And they're both brilliant. And I've seen them both on stage. <laughs> um, not together, Katie is quite literally flushing or blushing at the moment. So <laughs> it's just, it's uh, it's understandable. I've seen the video yep. and it's it's pretty great. <laughs> it's such a good song. doesn't mm. matter who's singing it. It's such a great song. But yeah, it's special. Now yeah. then, we have uh, Jonathan Groff singing Anything Goes. From anything goes. Yep, that's also pretty epic, and he does the whole um, tap dancing thing the whole way through. So yeah, it's it's a good eight minutes of him just tap dancing and 
fangirling about Sutton Foster. It's great. You should watch it. I tell you what, we're going to be putting all these links out in our uh, yes. updates. So you're going to be able to find all of this. So don't mm. you worry about that. Now then, we, we've got a special mention from uh, Charlie. Oh, yes. Choir founding fame. Hello, Charlie. Mm. Um, Hi, Charlie. She has gone for what I could describe as a classic role. Um, mm-hmm. And it is The Phantom from Phantom of the Opera. Boom. I I, I think <laughs> I think Charlie would really commit to the mask and to the theatrics. I really get yes. that feeling. So we'll ask Maxine to get her to do a TikTok of Charlie doing that. So that stay tuned. <laughs> I can actually make a note of that. That's going to be great. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to add in here that Raul is one of the ones I'd want to do because all I ask of you is just. Oh, beautiful I stuff. Mean, yeah. So I'd, I'd be Raul. I... <laughs> That's great. We just need to be. We just need to find our Christine now. If Charlie and Katie are are the leading leading uh, male roles in our reversal uh, show here, um, mm-hmm. it could be Christine. Mm. I mean, Angel Matt, um, if we're not careful. Mm, yeah, so but I'm also looking at. True. True. Yeah, that would be hilarious. He but I, I am looking at you because you're a tenor and then you could maybe pretend to do the high notes. <laughs> you're too kind and I'm not sure I want to do that. But yeah, okay. <laughs> Good. Yes, talking about the sort of the whole reversal of, of, of gender piece of miscast, we share a similar age uh, that we don't mm. want to talk about too much. But also um, <laughs> we have both been to see company when it was in town I guess it would have been. Uh, Let's do the mental math. Uh, 2019. Yeah. Because the protagonist is 35, uh, Bobby. And um, yeah, we both went to see that without knowing that one another existed yet. And uh, both yeah. turned out had Weird. wonderful <laughs> existential crises watching it, going, oh, this is a bit close to the bone on my 35th birthday. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, but we got, yeah. both got to see Patti LuPone um, in it. So I think that was. That woman. Mm. yeah such a fabulous fabulous production and i i loved i didn't know it at the time because basically in true katie fashion somebody said hey do you want to go see this and i went yes and didn't actually really look at what i was saying yes to um this hardly ever happens don't worry hardly ever um yeah so i didn't even know patty lapone was in it until i was watching it and i was like hmm and then i borrowed somebody's program i was like oh my god it is Patty Um, And then fangirled for the rest of the show. But I didn't realize that they had um, gender swapped the main character. So Bobby with a Y became Bobby with an I. Indeed. And yeah, so I would actually love to play that role. Um, so I put Bobby with a Y down. Um, yeah, it's just such a fabulous, fabulous production. I, yeah, I think, is it still on Broadway? I think it might still be on Broadway. So, it is. I receive uh, social media paid content uh, posts telling me that it is on Broadway. And I go, that's nice. I am not in New York. Uh, but no. thank you for making it even more abundantly painful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you, social company, media managers. I appreciate that. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the Into the Woods that's just been there. Oh, God. Yes. Well, and, we'll have to talk to... Mm. we'll have to talk to tim jackson when he's back yes leading our rehearsals about how all his son dime on broadway antics have been going which is mm. a wonderful thing to think about um yeah. tim if you're listening congratulations we are all frankly in so awe of you all over again yeah. 
Yeah, it's wonderful. Right, so back to miscast. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember now. Um, <laughs> now then, uh, virtual angel Vicky has uh, apparently got a list too long to share with us, but I prompted her into suggesting most of the male roles from the Hunchback of Notre Dame, so Frollo yeah. and Quasimodo, and she was kind of on board with that which is great um so yeah i just it's such a enthusiastic is what i would say <laughs> she she is definitely enthusiastic um and i'm very glad that we're going to disney with her again because mm-hmm. she is a font of all disney knowledge followed yep. quickly by aaron i would say yes they 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 are fast making a name for themselves i mean vicky dropped a bombshell on me today she i mean there, there's what'd you, a what you say sno- there's a Snow White ride in Disneyland Paris. I'm like, what? Where? Hmm? Huh? I mean, I, I'm just putting a quizzical face on for comedic effect because I'm like, I don't know where any of these rides are. Apparently, I've done two. So but I, but I didn't know. I've been going since I was 11. Like, what? And I think I think she said Pinocchio as well. I'm like, oh. anyway. So I'm gonna go try and figure out where these rides are, guys. And I'll oh, see. Back. Yeah, the, this is coming out just before we go to Disney, so we shall yes. add that to the list of to dos. Yeah. Um, and then Vicky has actually suggested something that isn't Disney, and I nearly fell over. But um, it's <laughs> uh, she would like to be Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, and but there I'm, is a Disney connection there. I know, but you I know. Yeah. Dear, yeah. Dear, see the episode. I'm, See the episode with uh, Katie Lou and Vicky about Disney, which, yeah, all sorts of discussions of Alan Menken and everything. That is the that is the connection, Alan Menken. Seeing as we actually have quite a few episodes now, there's some top backlinking. Well done, you. Um, Thank I think you. We, could, we could definitely put that in another tweet. It's going to be great. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then you need to listen to Lauren, which is part two of those Disney princesses yes. uh, episode. So, yeah, um, I think those are most of the answers. I've got a couple mm. up my sleeve, but what about you, Katie? I was yeah, nearly going to call you Vicky. Um, continuing oh. the theme of literally just reading what's in front of me um but i i, I stopped myself and then right. i ruined it Thank by you. realizing it and sharing it with you but yeah yeah the identity crisis issues that i generally have because you know where are you from katie <laughs> i'm here to help <laughs> thanks yeah um i panicked when you asked me earlier just to pick one so i, I picked christian because i'm also seeing the laundry tomorrow yay Winner. um Yep, but I also very quickly then went, oh, crap, Roger from Rent, um, because Once on Glory is just epic. Uh, so I definitely want to sing that. Top choice. And, yeah, and, but I also, oh, I came up with all sorts of things. Uh, Sky Masterson, because Luck Be a Lady from Guys and Dolls is also epic. Um, and in true me form, I said Dr. Pometer from waitress because that's the other half of my favorite song you matter to me so yeah and uh what else did i say i already talked about oh i have one but i'm gonna go to you first because i'm gonna end i'm I'm gonna end our segment on the one that i put because it's very appropriate um over to you that's very audacious of you um (laughs) something that i i i want to be okay that's absolutely fine i can do this um (laughs) Well, I've already said Eponine, um, but even though I haven't seen it yet, I do enjoy Jenna's songs from Waitress, uh, so yeah. I would be up for that. Yes, so I would be Svetlana because I would be able to sing someone else's story uh, in chess. And uh, 
I had the great privilege of listening to Frances Mayne McCann sing that recently at Drury Lane and she was wonderful in it. And um, yeah, I would like to do that. And I'm not going to lie, I would be trying to emulate Kerry Alice's version from the 2008 concert version because it is quite simply one of the best performances I've ever heard. Um, so yeah, there we go. So look that up, guys, because that's the, those are strong words. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sticking to them. <laughs> 2008 chess in concert with josh groban uh and uh who else adam pascal and adina menzel who of course we've mentioned before yeah and adam pascal is roger actually in rent as well Uh, it's all tying together i mean it is and with that what is your final pick to round off this entire segment flynn rider (laughs) 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 because tangled Nah, damn. Uh, I, want, I, I want to be Rapunzel now. Cool. Excellent. Good. We can do that. Or we can fight over Pascal. I mean, frankly, if we find the right Pascal doll in Disney in a few days' time, we'll do that anyway. Yes. <laughs> a strong choice. A strong choice. Yeah. Excellent. Well, um, thank you to those who sent in their answers. Uh, mm-hmm. they, we did this. This is our first one on the official Wemek Talks Instagram. So not as many followers as our main page which has just ticked over three thousand followers which is amazing Um, but we are still just about in double digits but we're very close to being triple which is very exciting seeing as we've had it open for about two weeks um but yeah thank you for all the answers and if you don't already follow us it's at wemek talks on twitter and instagram so yes uh we're off to disney we're gonna have a great time we will be posting content uh, over the weekend so if you're listening to this relatively soon after we release it keep an eye out on the socials and look out for some excellent disney content coming up very soon i'm gonna say bye katie are you okay yes. uh you got my name right that time at least it's basically part of the deal <laughs> bye ollie bye <laughs> How do I stop recording? Well, Uh, we haven't done an intro. We haven't done an intro to the episode. Jesus. Yeah, good point. Uh, Seeing as I started that one, you can start this one. No! (laughs) I don't know where to go with that. Um, I mean, that's done, isn't it? Sure. (laughs) No! That'll be fine. Yeah. More than fine. You just hit stop recording. (laughs) Or record and then stop recording. I really hope it's recording. It is recording. recording. I know, I know, I know. Uh, Cool, I will hit stop then. Look at me learning new skills.